0: Good morning. Welcome to Pigeon Post. My name's Michael, and I'm glad you're joining us today. We're reading the Gospel of John, one chapter a day, and today is chapter one. So I've got my morning coffee, and my pal Ben offered to read the scripture for us. So I want to thank Ben for doing that. And here we go. Let's dive in to the Gospel of John.
1: The Gospel of John, Chapter 1, Prologue In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There came a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him To them He gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in His name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh, and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth john testified about him and cried out saying this was he of whom i said he who comes after me has a higher rank than i for he existed before me for of his fullness we have all received and grace upon grace for the law was given through moses grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God, who is in the bosom of the Father, He has explained Him.
0: Okay, so I want you to imagine with me that you were at a mind-blowing, cataclysmic event. Let's say you were present when the World Trade Center went down. Let's say you were an eyewitness. You saw both planes hit the World Trade Center. Let's say you had a great point of view and you were able to see this happen and you're upset, you're shocked, you're flabbergasted, you're just taking in all of these events within this major event, this world-shaking event that's happening, okay? And Let's say that the news starts reporting about what happened at the event. They're interviewing eyewitnesses, and you're just kind of watching this later on on TV, thinking about when you were there and what you saw. And let's say you're not one of the people that gets on the news, right? Maybe the anniversary of the World Trade Center rolls around one year, and. It just brings all these memories and emotions into your mind. Maybe you remember details that nobody has ever elaborated on. None of the eyewitnesses on television. None of the historians or experts pointed this out. And those things are starting to flood your memory as you're reminded about this event. So that's one thing to think about. Maybe we could think about another thing. What if you knew someone better than anybody else? In fact, you probably do know at least one person better than anybody else, or at least you know certain things about that person that you uniquely know because you've spent so much time with that person. Maybe they're your best friend maybe that person uh, is is your spouse or a family member or father or mother, but you really know that person in a a particular way. And let's say that that person is, maybe they're famous or maybe they did something and somebody's writing a biography about that person that you know really well, or at least you know some of that, some things about that person just really well. As you read that biography, you're probably going to think, oh, that, that part, I know what they were trying to say. And maybe they say everything completely accurately. But you just think, there's something about this person that I want to underline that's important. There's something about, there's a story that I want to tell about this person that would really highlight this thing about that person, okay? With those thoughts in mind, I just want us to try to get into John's head, okay? So John is the author of this gospel. Now, when we say John, he's going to mention a John. The John that he's talking about is John the Baptizer, the cousin of Jesus, who came and preached and baptized right before Jesus started his ministry. But the John that is the author of this book is John the Apostle. Now, of the huge circle of disciples that Jesus had, at some point there were hundreds, maybe even thousands of people following Jesus around. Jesus had a ministry in many different cities and people were coming to get healed. There's all these people that would say that they're disciples of Jesus, right? But Jesus chose 12 to be like his team, And of those twelve, there were three that he would take aside kind of his inner circle, right? And then of that inner circle, there was the closest person to Jesus during his ministry that three or however many years it was. And that closest person to Jesus was John. John was standing there right in front of Jesus when he was crucified. He might have gotten blood on him. That's how close he was. Jesus was gasping for air. John hears things that Jesus is saying. He sees the bloody gruesome detail of the crucifixion. And Jesus, from the cross, asked John to take care of his mother after he died. So, John was Jesus' best friend, so much so that Jesus entrusted his own mother and her livelihood and life to John. That's how much he trusted John. So John is at the most cataclysmic event in history, the most world-shaking event, which is the cross. And John knows the most world-changing person in history which is Jesus and all the other Gospels had been written Matthew Mark and Luke had already been written at this time and John picks up his pen he's an old man this is 90 to 100 AD somewhere in there that he's writing this he's had a long ministry in Ephesus he's been persecuted he's seen friends and other disciples get killed for their faith He's been boiled in oil, but somehow he survived. He picks up his pen, and with all of that force, I want us to feel that force behind John's pen, he thinks this is something that needs, still needs to be said. Not that there's anything wrong with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but that just like you would say, I saw something really important or I know something about this person. That is is what's happening behind John's pen as he picks that pen up to tell us about Jesus. So when John picks up his pen, he says, in the beginning. Now that is a crazy thing to say. We would expect John to say something like, the word of the Lord came to Jesus, or Jesus is a prophet, or something along those lines. That's kind of what the prophets in the Old Testament, the books that came right before the New Testament, before Jesus came, That's what all those books said. They said, the word of the Lord came to this prophet, the word of the Lord came to this prophet, and they said this or that. But John reaches all the way back to Genesis, which really would have blown the minds of his Jewish readers. But he also would have blown the minds of his non-Jewish readers by using this word, word, which they already had a concept of as the Logos. So John reaches back to Genesis and says, way back here before everything existed in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God this is really mind blowing it's really crazy I don't want to oversell it Um, but it is really crazy to say that because he's doing something that is almost impossible to do, and that's to describe um, the relationship of the Father and the Son. And he says, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God. And that with God, I've read, I'm not a scholar, but I've read that it has the meaning there in the Greek of being face to face with someone. So He's showing us that the Son and the Father, Jesus and God, were always in existence, always face to face, and always had this relationship. And I think that's important to point out because we often think that, or I'll just put it personally, I often think, if I'm not being informed by what, what the Bible says, that God is my Father, and that's true. but. I'm participating in that because God is eternally a father. But I'm not the one who made him a father. If you think of like Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve were not the ones that made God father, right? It was Jesus. God has always been a father. Even before he created anything. Because he always had a son. The father and the son were in eternal relationship with one another. So John's given us some really heavy stuff about the identity of Jesus. He's not just a prophet that, or a cool guy that popped up onto the scene. He's somebody that always existed and created all things. And I'm not going to go into everything that it said in the chapter because that's not the purpose of what we're doing. Um, we can't, if we're doing a chapter a day, go into every detail. I am just pointing out just a couple things about who is Jesus? Who is John trying to tell us um, that Jesus is? And what does he say? He says that as many as received him to those he gave the right to become children of God. So this idea of becoming God's child, not because we're born as God's child, but because we're participating in Jesus, in Jesus's sonship. We're becoming children by adoption. If you think of like being adopted into a rich family. That would be cool. We would get an inheritance just like a son or daughter who was always there by birth. That's what's happening with us becoming children of God. So the word became flesh. The son of God who was always the son of God came to earth as a man to bring us, as John says, grace and truth. So we're going to look for that when we're reading John. We're going to look for grace and truth because that's the purpose of why Jesus came. So John makes really bold statements here about who Jesus is, why he came, what he came to do. These are major huge things John's saying and that's just the prologue that's just the intro to this book so the question is can John live up to the hype that he's created for himself these huge claims at the beginning of the book Uh, let's dive in and see
1: the gospel of John Chapter 1 Continued. This is the testimony of John when the Jews sent to him priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? And he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. They asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you, so that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? He said, I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As Isaiah the prophet said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him and said to him, Why then are you baptizing, if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize in water, but among you stands one whom you do not know. It is he who comes after me, the thong of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day, he saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he on behalf of whom I said, After me comes a man who has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. I did not recognize him, but so that he might be manifested to Israel. I came baptizing in water. John testified, saying, I have seen the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven, and He remained upon Him. I did not recognize Him, but He who sent me to baptize in water said to me, He upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining upon Him, this is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. Again the next day, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. And Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come, and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother he found first his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which translated means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The next day he purposed to go into Galilee, and he found Philip. And Jesus said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, of the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, rabbi you are the son of god you are the king of israel jesus answered and said to him because i said to you that i saw you under the fig tree do you believe you will see greater things than these and he said to him truly truly i say to you you will see the heavens opened and the angels of god ascending and descending on the son of man
0: Okay, so in this second part of the chapter that we're in, chapter one, we see this explosion of characters. Um, There's background characters mentioned, like Elijah and Isaiah, and these groups of people that show up in the story, like the Jews and the Levites and the priest. And, uh, but I wanna focus just for time's sake on one character, John the Baptizer or he's sometimes called John the Baptist and what we said is this is a different John than the John who wrote it so John the Baptist is sort of the last of the old school Old Testament prophets and he's coming bringing this message but look at what he says about Jesus so we have John the author giving this highly exalted view of Jesus and his pre-existence and his equality with God and things like that And John the baptizer is basically saying the same thing and what I think is happening here is in Jewish law and really in any good system you have witnesses brought forward and so John he's writing his gospel really late in the game and he doesn't want to be perceived as having this novel idea of who Jesus is and it's not a novel idea in fact He goes back to the beginning of Jesus' ministry to the last of the Old Testament prophets, who's John the baptizer. And he's he's quoting John saying all of this exalted language about Jesus. John says, prepare the way for the Lord. Okay, that's a big statement from Isaiah. Um, John says, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John denies that he himself, John the Baptizer, is the Christ, and he confesses that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And so, if you look at, if you go back and look at what John the Baptizer says about Jesus, it seems really clear that that John the Apostle, the author of this gospel, is saying, "Look, I have another witness here with me, and he was." there at the very beginning, even before Jesus called his disciples. And this is John the baptizer. And John the baptizer's view of Jesus matches my own. So really cool to see that parallelism and that repetition that we see a lot in the Bible. And the other thing I noticed, and you probably noticed this too, is this phrase, come and see. Jesus says, come and see. And then later on, Who is it? Uh, Philip says to Nathanael, come and see. So we see some of Jesus' first disciples happening because John the baptizer points to Jesus. And that gets Andrew and another one who's unnamed. But then Andrew goes and gets his brother Simon and says, come and see, right? He effectively takes him to Jesus. We found him, right? That's their message to their friend. Philip goes and finds Nathanael, come and see. And so that's really the whole heart of this podcast, is come and see Jesus. Come and see what we found. And I hope that that, that's the journey that you're on right now with us. And the last thing I want to mention is that Jesus' final statement there is just really mind-blowing. It can kind of just pass by and hit us like, what was that all about? Angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And he's making... A reference to way back in Genesis when Jacob um, whose other name was Israel by the way um, had a dream of a ladder that was extending from earth to heaven and he saw angels ascending and descending on it and so Jesus makes this really bold even though it's kind of esoteric this really strange statement he's basically saying here that he is the ladder to heaven And that really kind of rounds out what John is saying about the incarnation and that God became a man, the son of God, Jesus, we would say the second person of the Trinity becomes a man. So the ladder reaches down from heaven to earth. And Jesus says, I am that ladder. And so I think that has a lot to say about John's view of Jesus and a lot to say about salvation, how we become right with God. The ladder is extending from heaven to earth. Jesus makes the first move. We can't build a ladder from earth to heaven by our works. In fact, that was condemned back in Genesis in another story, but I don't wanna go off on a rabbit trail there. But thank you for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, Please forgive my little phone buzzings here. I think somebody's trying to call me right now. And um, I'm doing the best I can to get this thing recorded and get it out to you. That's why it's called Pigeon Post. It's a scribbled up message just done really quickly to get it out there. And so um, have a great day, and I'll see you tomorrow for John Chapter 2. Bye-bye.